0: Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.
1: And welcome to The Hill here on News Nation. So, is it all over? It depends really on who you ask. Republican leaders are telling Nikki Haley it is time to unify. President Biden says the rematch between himself and Donald Trump is now on. But Haley says she's not going anywhere anytime soon. So coming up, what comes next? As the race for the White House, it sort of feels like... Comes into focus. Plus, Trump and Biden battled for the endorsement of the UAW. Now that union is revealing who they're supporting, and why Republican lawmakers are daring, daring Chuck Schumer to take away their cans of Zin nicotine pouches. Thanks for being with us here on The Hill. I'm Blake Berman, joined today by Shermichael Singleton, Republican strategist. Julia Manchester, national political reporter for The Hill. Michael Starr Hopkins is a Democratic strategist and Republican strategist Denise Gitson joining us as well. Also hanging out for a bit, Sean Spicer, former White House press secretary in the Trump administration and host. There you are. What's up, Sean? <laughs> host of the Sean Spicer Show podcast. The Hill on News Nation starts right now. Come on in. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Thanks for being with us here on The Hill on News Nation. So right off the top from The Hill, a look for a moment at the real world versus politics and where things stand right now in the 2024 presidential race. For example, in the business world in the recent days, companies like eBay, Macy's and Wayfair all announced layoffs. It's a side effect of when companies either underperform, don't hit goals or disruption occurs. Firings normally follow. In sports, for example, this upcoming weekend, we will see who advances to the Super Bowl. Now, in last year's AFC Championship game, the Cincinnati Bengals lost by three points. And star quarterback Joe Burrow immediately said after the game, quote, It's a tough loss. We didn't make the plays we needed to win this game, and they did down the stretch. Now, compare Burrow to what we heard last night after Nikki Haley lost in New Hampshire, a state that she had been targeting for months, to Donald Trump by 11 points.
2: Now you've all heard the chatter among the political class. They're falling all over themselves, saying this race is over. Well, I have news for all of them. New Hampshire is first in the nation. It is not the last in the nation. This race is far from over. All right, so you've probably
1: heard of the phrase Instagram versus reality. It's a phrase for really when you try to show all the positives versus dealing with the the in-the-moment reality. So here's the question. Are we witnessing Haley's version of politics versus reality? Hello to you all. Thanks for being here. Um, You like that? Look, I mean, the question
3: is, is this over? Right? Like she's saying it's not, but... She's got two big losses. It's so over, and I'm convinced within the next week or two, I think the donors are going to start to retract. They're going to say there isn't a path. It's time to get out. I mean, let's let's look at this hypothetical here, guys. Let's say Nikki Haley does go on to South Carolina, Blake. Donald Trump is hit by 15 points. Then you fast forward to Super Tuesday, that's... March 5th. Most of those states the delegate apportionment rules are winner take most or winner take all. Donald Trump's team was very very savvy in 2022 compared to 2016 when I was working for Dr. Carson's campaign. They have learned the rules of the game. Susie Wiles, incredibly talented. Uh, Brian Jack, who I worked with on Dr. Carson's campaign. Another brilliant uh, political mind. They are prepared. The rules are slated for the former president.
1: Marco Rubio lost Florida by 18 in 2016. Mm -hmm. He was out. Next up. South Carolina where Shermichael shows polls are are worse than that for her. Right.
2: It's such a big risk that she's taking here. What is the risk? The risk is that she could get Bobbard in her home state Gov- as a former governor. But at the same time, I think her strategy, taking a step back, you know, she lost in New Hampshire, but it wasn't as big of a margin as what she lost by in Iowa. And, you know, for Donald Trump, if you're, I think there's some criticism that he should have won by a bigger margin in New Hampshire. But
1: we're going to get New- to the warning signs in a yes, moment. Yes, <laughs>
2: that's true. But if you look at Haley's uh, strategy, going to head to Super Tuesday, to states like Michigan, Virginia. States that, like New Hampshire, you can have people sort of switch over. They're not closed primaries. That's what they're looking ahead to. But how do you get across South Carolina? Yes, that's yeah, that's the big she's question. Saying, I don't know.
4: I mean, the big problem for her is the race isn't, the race is over for 2024, yeah. but it's not for 2028. I think that's what she's doing. She's laying the framework so that she can say heading into 2028, you shouldn't have chosen Donald Trump. He was a vulnerable candidate heading into that Joe Biden rematch. Mm-hmm. And now in 2028, when we have an open primary on both sides, she's the fr- the presumptive front. front right. So are you in agreement yeah. here, Denise?
5: Well, I, I can't tell, get tell over tell someone the, the... here why
4: they're wrong.
1: Yeah, no.
5: Here's how I feel <laughs> about it. I mean, look, we all know it's over. <laughs> I can't say that you're wrong. Yeah. But what I do think is Donald Trump is itching to take your analogy a little further and look at her and say you're fired. That's what he's okay. really looking to
1: do. Um, so, so we'll see. So here was Ronna McDaniel, the head of the RNC. She said, quote, I'm looking at the math and the path going forward, and I don't see it for Nikki Haley. We need to unite around our eventual, eventual nominee, which is going to be Donald Trump. Sean Spicer, come on in. You know Ronna McDaniel fairly well. Uh, you've been listening to some of this. Is there a path um, or
6: none at all? There's not a path, there's not a sidewalk, there's not a dirt road, there's not a bike lane, there's nothing. Um, okay. And, and look, what Rana's acknowledging right now is that, the and I've been in this cycle twice before, that the donors are frozen. They're basically saying until there's a nominee, we don't want to give. We want to know the plan going forward. There's something called a presidential trust, which is the amount of coordinated funds that can be jointly spent by the party and the nominee. That has to get funded. They named Kelly Craft the chair of that the other day. The party is waiting. They're sitting on the sidelines. There's a lot of money that's waiting to come in to focus on on the general election that they need to be able to coordinate with the with the nominee. They recognize what I just said. That there's not there's no way forward. Uh, she's probably not going to get to South Carolina. So what's and she, she doing? Thinks beyond. So, uh, well, I, I think there's a couple things. Number one, remember, I've been doing this for 30 years. You have a lot of consultants around you. Those consultants mm-hmm. don't get paid. They don't get their 10, their 15% <laughs> if she goes bye-bye. So they're all saying, hey, can you stay in a little longer? I got school tuition to pay, right? They want right. her to stay in that race, number one. Number two, look, I think that the difference in this cycle than ever before is that people are telling her, what if something happens? What if that black swan right, right. event occurs? Mm-hmm. You want yeah. to be there rating, and it's not going to happen,
1: Hey Sean, bad on me because I cut you off on the wrong time. But real quick, you, 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 I thought you were saying you don't think she makes it to South Carolina.
6: No, there's not enough okay. gas in the car. I mean, this is literally like a college road trip where they're like, we got four gallons of gas, six dollars, <laughs> okay. and two, you know, a six <laughs> pack right. of Coke. Do you think I we can get there? Life, and everyone's Sean. like, yeah, why as Well, try.
1: <laughs> okay. All right, so um, you, you can make the case maybe it wasn't all great news for Donald Trump last night. He did win, though, and that's really all that matters. But a survey of primary voters by AP VoteCast found some troubling signs for the former president. For example, 21% of Republicans say they will not support Trump if he is the GOP nominee, one in five. 68% of independents say the exact same thing. Is that a, a flashing red siren I mean, look, there for your party? I mean, look,
3: it, it, it's a warning sign, but the reality is the former president needs to win two states to get to 270. If he can regain Georgia and regain Pennsylvania, he becomes the president again. Now, you just you, you pointed out 68 percent, but there's also some other independents that are saying, you know, I'm not necessarily certain I want Joe Biden again. I think he's too old. I don't like the way he's handled the economy. I don't like the way he's handling immigration. If Donald Trump can maintain the same electoral count from 2020— and just add, I would argue, Blake, at least 15 to 20 percent cushion in those two states that I've added, he well, that, well, that's, that's the question is how big he can expand, right? He can't really expand his base, is the problem.
4: Yeah, you've made... He's made it to a point where he's hit a ceiling. Mm-hmm. Biden, on the other hand, has room to improve, especially among African-Americans. That's mm-hmm. going to be the number that everyone... Or he can go the other way America.
1: on African-Americans, he too. Can African-Americans Which can stay home, right. well, but Trump
4: Look, in 2016, Trump had, what, 8% of the African-American vote. He had 12% in 2020 and still lost. Biden, I think, has room to improve
3: among African-Americans. Yeah, but in, but in that 32% of independents, if you look at some polls from Pew, from Gallup, you have about 15 to 16% that are saying they're open to vote voting for trump and we can't dismiss those numbers and flashing red light or no?
5: is, yeah i mean it is a flashing red light because it does show him the path forward is that he has to speak to a broader audience and i think he does that most effectively when he stays away from the identity politics and all this sort of bombastic talk and focuses on the two issues that got him over the finish line the economy and immigration sean, and when, true for everybody
1: sean when you hear when you when you see those numbers i wonder what you make of them i i know from the beginning you've you've sort of not necessarily pick a candidate right you just want the republican nominee to, to to cross the finish line and get back in the white house so when you when you see that those, those numbers how concerned are you
6: none I will sleep soundly okay, tonight knowing that Donald Trump will. Because here's the deal. I mean, Michael touched on this. There are eight states that total 97 electoral votes. Independents are not some monolithic vote. Most of them actually have identified as a Republican or Democrat in the past, just not with not joining the party. Take a state like Michigan. Donald Trump won it by 0.22% of a point, 10,703 votes, 16, 15 electoral votes in Michigan. Biden has a major problem because of the Hamas-Israeli war there. That's a problem there, not only there, but 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 in Georgia, then you look at Arizona, where immigration is a problem over and over again. Those eight states have individual problems that will divvy up those 97 electoral votes that will put Donald Trump back in the White House easily.
1: So here was Ron DeSantis uh, on Tuesday. As we know, he got out of the race, backed Donald Trump and now is saying, you know what, maybe maybe there are some concerns. Watch. But Iowa showed there's big warning signs. And when I have people come up to me who voted for Reagan in 76 and have been conservative their whole life, say that they they don't want to vote for Trump again, that's a problem. So he's got to figure out a way to solve that. Julia, you think he's onto something there.
2: I Blake, think he is onto something. That yeah, uh,
1: no, Sean, Julia finished, but Sean, come on in.
2: Yeah, no. That being said, um, you know when we talk about the independent voters and you know talking pulling from New Hampshire, I don't think New Hampshire is necessarily the best way yeah. to okay. judge the voters of Arizona, Michigan, the independent yeah. voters there. New Hampshire is just such a special case. Sean,
6: I'll give you the last word here. I just say we had this problem in 16 elections become binary choices. When we Mm -hmm. got down to those voters, we made it a a Hillary versus Trump deal. This time, the election is like nothing we've ever seen in our lifetime. You have the Trump four years versus the Biden four years. This isn't going to be a hypothetical race where we talk about potential policies. We can literally lay out the domestic and foreign policy of one president and their accomplishments versus another. This is an easy case for Trump to make. All right. Now, for, uh, for nearly
1: a decade now, no Republican has been able to take Trump's place at the top of the uh, Republican fields. And one of the questions going forward is, well, could potentially Trump's legal issues then come front and center, right? If no one could take him down in 2016, no one in theory has taken him down, uh, or in practical purposes here, in 2024. At the end of the day, how big do the legal cases come into play with all of this? Jesse Weber, News Nation legal contributor, come on in. Um, You know, there's been all this talk of, you know, legal this, case this, uh, he's got four cases, 90-something charges, so on and so forth. You're of the belief that none of that um, is going
7: to be presented in 2024, right? Well, nothing I've seen so far has seemed to affect his poll numbers. Look, the most direct challenge, of course, is the 14th Amendment challenge. And actually, to just okay. add it to your prior conversation, I think that's one of the reasons why Nikki Haley hasn't jumped out of the race. She was curious to see how the Supreme huh. Court's going to rule. Now, now to be clear about this, I don't think this is going anywhere. Why do I think this is not going anywhere? And what I'm talking about is the idea that Trump should isn't ineligible to be on the ballot because he's an insurrectionist under the 14th Amendment. A, I think the Supreme Court is going to do everything in their way to make sure they do not usurp the power, the rights of the voters to choose who they want. But even more than that, there are some intense legal challenges here in terms of what is the language of the 14th Amendment? Does it apply to the presidency? There's due process concerns. There's the issue of that. Shouldn't it be Congress? who decides if the president is ineligible, not a state government, not a court. And I think these are serious issues, particularly since the Colorado Supreme Court, you had three dissenting democratically appointed justices who disagreed with that decision. So I don't believe that the criminal cases will affect Donald Trump. Remember, he can be convicted and still be the president. But even more so, I don't believe the Supreme Court is going to okay. uphold that he can't be on the ballot.
1: So that's the 14th Amendment case. There's also the, the four uh, criminal cases. You're of the belief, right, that, that none of those get
7: brought up this year. Am I right? None Look, of those there's, this year. at this point, we are talking about trials that haven't happened. I think there's a strong okay. argument to suggest these trials will not happen in 2024. But even assuming that they do, think politics is unpredictable. If the trials happen, if he's actually convicted, would voters change their mind? Perhaps, but he has used every one of his legal cases, particularly the civil cases, as a campaign stop. You know, remember, his numbers weren't great in March, and then he was indicted in New York. His numbers went up, and he's been using this. So at this point, I have no reason to believe that it's going to hurt him politically going into the the next election.
1: Hey, real quick, argue against yourself. I don't know if they do this when you're an L1, L2, or L3. (laughs) Uh, But if you had to say that a case were to start this calendar year, what do you think the
7: earliest is? Oh, boy. I mean, look, if the Trump immunity case doesn't happen, the federal election interference case could happen. And I've always thought that okay. that might be the stronger one than Georgia. We could talk about Georgia and all the problems there. I think that's pretty clear. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. NewsNation legal contributor, Jesse Weber. Thanks, Jesse. Appreciate it. Talk Good to you soon. Yes, soon. Thanks. Uh, last word to Sean Spicer real quick, because I know you got to run, Sean. Uh,
6: for you, I've got all the time in the world. But, uh, look, I, I just—I think that... The, 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 this is i agree with everything that jesse said it's not going to happen trump will be the nominee and he will be back in the white house and I, I get that we have to fill a lot of time on political shows but that's a reality <laughs> take it to the bank take it to the Thank bank spicer says all time. right gotta leave it there sean
1: spicer thanks buddy you bet yeah all right talk to you soon meantime uh, circling back to new hampshire just for a brief second here did you happen to see this Uh, Voters who were leaving polling centers yesterday were handed unique I Voted stickers. You'll you'll notice there that's not the usual normally that you get out of a polling center. That's because they were designed by fourth graders who entered the state's first ever I Voted sticker competition. And these were the three winners. Uh, One of them was the state of New Hampshire fishing with uh, fishing, you know, kind of see it there with an American flag in the background. The middle one, a moose overlooking fall foliage. With Mount Washington in the distance and then over there on to the right, uh, New Hampshire's most iconic symbol, the Old Man of the Mountain, with an American flag. The state printed two million stickers, Grace of Milton, Jacob of Auburn, and Ryland of Mount Vernon. Fourth graders, the three winners. Congrats to them. All right, coming up here from the Hill, President Biden did not even have his name on the ballot last night. And the second-place finisher who finished... 35 points behind is saying, you know what? I'm just getting started. So is that the case? Is this kind of like Nikki Haley just on the other side? The former presidential candidate, Andrew Yang, joins us on the other side of the break. Plus, why one Illinois lawmaker says, you know what? Maybe hosting the Democratic National Convention in Chicago isn't the best idea. A Democrat is saying that. And why, might you ask? It has to do with immigration still lots to come. You are watching The Hill here on News Nation. We're back in a few. All right, welcome back to The Hill. So President Biden today got a bit of welcome news, the endorsement of a key union, the UAW.
7: Working people are going to
1: get their fair share. You've earned it. You fought for it and
6: you deserve it. So today I want to say to all of you, thank you.
1: The UAW, of course, the United Auto Workers Union. It comes as Biden's reelection campaign is now saying it believes that Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee. So the general cam- uh, general campaign rematch, they say, is now on. Joining us now, former 2020 Democratic presidential candidate Andrew Yang, who is a supporter of Congressman Dean Phillips, who is challenging, as you might know, the incumbent for the Democratic nomination. Uh, thanks for being with us here on the Hill. First time, I believe, Andrew Yang. We appreciate it. Um, so you're supporting Congressman Phillips. He uh, lost last night by 35. President Biden didn't even didn't even try to attempt to to win that state. wasn't on the ballot. Why do you think that Dean Phillips should continue on?
8: Uh, well, the DNC spent 1.5 million uh, in New Hampshire, so don't let them fool you into thinking that they weren't trying. Uh, There are literally zero Democratic delegates assigned as of right now, and the American people are hungry for an alternative. Whichever party can upgrade from its 80-year-old is going to win in November. And right now, Joe Biden is on track to lose to Donald Trump, and it pains me to say that as someone who is no Trump fan and supported Joe in 2020 – Uh, But Joe is down by eight in Michigan and Georgia, both states he won in 2020 that he's going to need this time. He's down three or four in national polls. A generic Democrat. Why do you think
1: he's on track to lose? I hear you cite the polls, but what's the underlying reason, in your view?
8: uh, Certainly, the economy, uh, immigration are high on people's list. But fundamentally, I think Joe is failing the George Washington test of being a statesman and not a politician. He said he was going to be a bridge to the next generation in 2020. That's exactly what we need him to be right now. That a lot of Americans sense that he's not doing the right thing by running for re-election. I'm in that camp. I'm grateful that Dean Phillips is running to give us all an alternative. And I think Dean Phillips is a much stronger candidate against Donald Trump in the general, and polling bears that out. Uh, how do you here – was,
1: here was Dean Phillips today. It sort of goes back, Andrew, to the, to the conversation that we had about Nikki Haley. He wrote this. He said, quote, I built businesses and brands and studied the best successes in marketing history. Never known one that generated 20% market share in just 10 weeks as we did last evening. We are just getting started. Still though, he lost by 35. I can see how you can argue both sides of the, of the, of the coin here. But, but at the end of the day, he, he, he lost by
8: 35. How can, how can you make the case that he's just getting started? Well, he's running against an incumbent uh, who had every person from the party that had an elected position uh, on the other side of it. And getting 20 percent in 10 weeks is stunningly impressive. Uh, We're going to head on to South Carolina and Michigan. Again, no delegates have even been chosen yet. And the fact is, if Democrats and independents get a look at Dean and say, wait a minute, this guy could actually be our nominee as opposed to the 81-year-old that makes me nervous anytime uh, I see him out and about that I'm afraid is going to lose to Donald Trump. Uh, Dean's going to do better and better. Most Americans you. have never heard of Dean Phillips as of this interview. You know, and, and right, that's the fun right, right, thing right. about this stuff, Blake, is that Dean is brand new on the scene. He's at 20% New Hampshire. And if he can just keep on climbing okay. from there, you're going to see a real change in dynamics over at the DNC. I hear, I hear you mention
1: now several times the president's age, and we know this is a big issue on both sides of the aisle. Uh, does he have the mental sharpness to serve effectively as president? Only 28% say that's the case for President Biden. Nancy Pelosi uh, was just interviewed and was asked about Donald Trump mixing up Pelosi for Nikki Haley in the recent days. I want you to listen to the answer that Nancy Pelosi just gave, and I'll get your reaction on the other side. Hmm.
2: First of all, he has a cognitive disorder. It wasn't that he just had a slip of the tongue of using a name one time for another. Anybody can do that. But he, he was making a case.
1: She says Donald Trump has a cognitive disorder. Do you agree with her? And do you think it's the same for President Biden?
8: I just think we have to take a step back and say it is ridiculous and, uh, and terrible that in a country of 330 million, we're going to be choosing between these two octogenarians and we're having conversations about which of them has a cognitive disorder uh, and which one of them doesn't. Uh, we deserve better. We deserve to have leaders who are actually laser focused on solving our problems and bringing people together. Dean Phillips is a bipartisan member of Congress, but he's 55 years old. You know, like that's did, what I'm did, talking about. Like someone yeah, who can no, just I, get I out of you. bed just, and kick some butt. I'm just curious if, if you agree with Nancy Pelosi or not there. Um, I am no Trump fan. I think a Trump sequel would be a disaster. It's why I'm so eager to upgrade the Democratic nominee to Dean Phillips. Dean24.com. Let's go. All right. We'll leave it there. Andrew
1: Yang, (laughs) thanks for joining us here on the Hill. Appreciate the time and hope you come on back. Of course. Thanks for having me. You got it. Um, You were shaking your head throughout.
4: Yeah. I mean, what Andrew just did. And let me say, I I, uh, have Worked with Andrew during the last presidential election. I like him. But what he did was intellectually dishonest and factually incorrect. How so? The idea that we shouldn't support President... Biden because he's 81. That's not the issue. It's not that he's 81. It's that there are questions about whether he would be healthy enough in a second term. But comparing Donald Trump and President Biden are two very different comparisons. And to make them seem like the equivalent, you have a guy who's indicted multiple times. You don't think
1: there's Americans who are concerned about his health now, yet
4: alone the second term? I absolutely do. But Dean Phillips isn't the answer. You, this guy, this rich guy who nobody knows. Joe Biden's rich. Joe Biden's not independent, like I mean, he's, Come not, on. he's not poor, Mike. But yeah, but you're talking about a scion of ice cream versus Joe Biden.
3: But compared to most people in this country, but, Joe Biden is
4: rich. Okay, that's fair. Fine. But the issue here is Dean Phillips is not the answer against Donald Trump. That's how, but, that's your,
5: but that's your position, so you're just going to argue on behalf of the person. That's, that's admirable. But to say that it's intellectually dishonest to say that because because Biden that has D. a cognitive has issue, no
4: chance against... That's not honest. But, but Joe, <laughs> Biden, Joe against, Biden doesn't have a chance against yeah, Donald Trump. He's up late. seven in Pennsylvania right now. Where's He's down Michigan? in Georgia. Uh, he's down in Michigan. Was never right? supposed to win Georgia in the first place. I mean, this idea that so, is a so Democratic So what about, Michigan? What about Michigan? He's going to have a hard time in Michigan. He is. Mm. The you war, said that consistently. That's your biggest concern, right? It is mine, because I've talked to Muslim American friends, family members, and they really talk about how Israeli conflict has had a a really strong reaction for them. So I think Michigan's going to be a problem. Michigan polling average, if we can show it real quick, I believe it shows uh, the averages right now, Donald Trump up by
1: three, uh, give or take, in that state. Gotta leave it there for the moment, <laughs> Julia. You're gonna have a lot to talk about as a national political reporter I know, for the Hill. Like, like you're just sitting back here I'm listening just, to that. I, I
2: was you know listening to that. I was like, my hair is full of secrets. Take
1: your notes for your next column. All right, coming up. Uh, would you look at this image right here on your screen? Take a look at it here. What do you see? I want you to think about that for a moment, and we are going to discuss on the other side of the break and share why Texas's governor. Felt the need to send that picture out right there. Plus, a top Democrat calling for a federal crackdown on Zin. their nicotine patches that you put in your mouth as an alternative to traditional tobacco products. The White House not touching this at all today. They were asked about it and they basically said, nope, uh, not going to talk about this one. So what's it all about? And why are Republicans saying, come take it from me? That's when The Hill on News Nation returns. All right, here, welcome uh, welcome back here to the Hill on News Nation. So, I want to show you an image that's at the forefront of the standoff between the state of Texas and the Biden administration. The Texas governor, Greg Abbott, posted this image on X earlier today. Right side of the screen, you can see it. Border agents laying down more razor wire. This is an Eagle Pass, Texas. It comes on the heels of a Supreme Court ruling giving Border Patrol the right to cut down that wire. So, now the governor is letting it be known if you can cut it down. We will put more back up. So when you look at that photo right there, what do you
3: see? One simple word, Blake, and that's security. (laughs) That's it. That's it. And what do you think the message is? I think the message is that you have an administration that is not interested in securing the border, which is why, as someone mentioned, you have Democratic mayors across the country Mm -hmm. that are saying the president isn't even interested in in addressing this issue. And Biden himself said, Republicans made this up. There's not really an immigration crisis. Tell that to the American people. What do you see when you look at that image?
2: This is Greg Abbott. Definitely projecting strength. I okay. mean, or try, in a way, he's doing this, trying to seem hardline on the border. It matches with what he's done before with busing and flying migrants. I'm not shocked at this. I'm actually kind of surprised we haven't seen it sooner.
4: What do you see? Some of the best messaging uh, for party lines that I've seen in a long time. Really? The Republicans have dominated on immigration in a way that Democrats have taken single issue and abortion. Hmm. It's impressive. What do you see?
5: I see superimpose the words from the LMO, come and take it. That's exactly what I see, and you know why this is so good for Republicans, is that we can finally force this message through every image that we have, through every example that we have of the abject failure of this administration to do anything to curb the migrant crisis, much less acknowledge, right, what's going on there, and this is precisely why these images are the things that are going to cause Latinos, especially naturalized Latinos, who now favor president trump over president biden on his immigration policy by 57 percent he's lying.
1: by the way greg abbott said texas's razor wire is effective is an effective deterrent against the illegal border uh crossings encouraged by biden's open border policies we continue to deploy this razor wire to repel illegal immigration that the text alongside the image all right texas by the way not the only state fighting to uh, find a solution to the migrant cri- crisis in new york city Officials there are struggling to keep up with the tens of thousands of migrants seeking shelter. Now, during his annual State of the City address earlier today, the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, demanded, he's a Democrat, he demanded that the Biden administration take action and create federal work visas for migrants.
9: It is time for the
4: federal government to deal with this federal crisis and make sure we can give them the opportunity. Let them work. Let them vote.
1: New York Times reporting, quote, or headline, nine Democratic governors push Biden in Congress to address migrant crisis. It is clear our national immigration system, quote, is outdated and unprepared to respond to this unprecedented global migration. As
3: that soundbite was playing, you put your hand on my shoulder and you said what? <laughs> I did not see the script before you read it, I yeah. promise. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, you know, this is the thing here. Pre- President Biden reminds me of individuals sitting around a campfire. First, it was hot. You were excited. You were warm. Now the fire is starting to dim. So people are walking away and they're saying, look, we we need some security here. We're looking for someone else. You look at New York City, for example, they're spending eight million dollars a day to house these migrants. Four point seven billion dollars by this summer, a deficit shortfall for the city. And let's keep in mind here, they sent children home, Blake. We already have an education issue in this country because of COVID. They sent them home (laughs) to provide... Coverage for migrants That's a
1: problem 170,000 Michael migrants Arriving in New York City Since the spring of 2022 You said that Greg Abbott picture Was the best messaging uh, That you've seen Yeah what, Like as Democrats When you see Democratic
4: governors Telling the Democratic president Help mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is an albatross (laughs) around Democrats' neck. You see it when you see mayors, governors, people that are on the ground turn on the White House and start to message against them because they've got to win their races. I don't know. At the end of the day... The president. The only way the president's the, going to win is to get immigration off the table. What's the White House going to do about it? Is it that? Yeah. Is it try to get a deal? As
1: Any a, kind of deal to be able to. I message? mean, I,
2: th- that's the only thing I can really
5: see them doing. Okay. I mean, they've tried to, you know. But the fact that it's a concession that he has to make to trade for Ukrainian votes on the Republican side, the fact that the New York Times headline says that that nine Democratic governors have to push him to move on immigration is the real underlying message that everyone's pointing back at, which is that he doesn't I, want to I, do just real anything quick, about I, it. The
4: underlying message we also have to remember because we talk about this in political terms. These are people that are fleeing their country and yes, we need security here. Yeah. We got to figure out what to do about it but we have to remember these people are fleeing for a reason.
5: Loving your neighbor requires loving Americans as well. Meantime,
4: as Chicago deals with its own
1: migrant crisis, uh, the city is also preparing to host the Democratic National Convention later this summer as you know. But one Illinois state senator, a Democrat, says the city needs to sort out how to address its surge of migrants first. In a new op-ed, Cam uh, Bucker writes the following. He says, quote, if we don't have the resources to be welcoming to the people who are already here and our new arrivals, then there is no way we can even think about becoming welcome or being welcoming in August to the Democratic Party. He's basically saying we cannot have the DNC, Julia. In our backyard, if this is going on,
2: absolutely. And Republicans have constantly, for years, used Chicago as you know when talking about immigration, crime. crime. Exactly, <laughs> crime's really the big one. So you know, yeah, I think he has a point because uh, you know it's going to be easy for Republicans to you know take. Yeah, I think we were talking about this before. Take pictures, take yeah, footage right. of what's happening in Chicago, and, and say and juxtapose oh, it to the
1: buses coming in ex- and, and exactly, everything else. Exactly,
2: exactly. And I believe the Republicans are holding their convention in Milwaukee, which is interesting. Chicago is the big metropolis. Milwaukee, sort of the city of the well, working class. Uh, the DNC right. was Definitely. supposed to be in Milwaukee yeah.
3: before. So it's going to be interesting there, too. It right. goes to show you the Democratic Party, Blake. It's become the party of the elite. The college-educated, the well-traveled, the well-cultured—they're disconnected from the hard work of. Has it? Your party college. has a multi-billionaire to, at the top. And which party wants to raise minimum wage? You got me with that one. I, I was, <laughs> you got me I with that asking. one. You got me I, with that I, one. But, I, but, but, but you, he's a multi-billionaire who connects with everyday people. Keep in mind, guys. Does he Don, do Don, Donald Trump does was never. Donald Trump was never accepted by wealthier New Yorkers. That's true. He's Let's always, remember that. So so the grievance. It definitely that, tapped into. So the grievance that everyday Americans feel towards wealthy individuals—I think Donald Trump has internalized that himself.
4: He does. His dad didn't
3: hug him enough.
2: Oh, oh come oh, on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> come on. Come oh, on. Oh,
4: Joe Biden should have <laughs> hugged Hunter Biden. I,
1: I, think, oh. I
4: think all of our dads can make sure we hug our kids a little bit more.
1: <laughs> I'm going to need you to help me out, Julia, with this next story. The team was like, Julia can help you Okay, okay, got, yeah. Uh, coming up here on the Hill, it's just Ken. Ryan Gosley gets an Oscar <laughs> nomination for Barbie, the biggest movie of 2023, but co-star Margot Robbie and the director Greta Gerwig, they got snubbed uh no oscar nominations whatsoever but now hillary clinton is weighing in about this all with a 2016 reference we'll explain plus why some republican lawmakers are daring chuck schumer to come and take their zin. the politics over pouches and julia comes to my side when the hill on news nation returns <laughs> All right, this one's fascinating on a lot of levels. Have you ever heard of, the, uh, heard of the popular nicotine pouch, Zin? It's that right there, an alternative to smoking, vaping, and dip without tobacco. Well, the New York Democratic Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer, the top Democrat in the Senate, is on the attack against Zin. He is warning parents that Zin targets kids with ads. He wants the Federal Trade Commission and the Food and Drug Administration to investigate Zin marketing and health effects. Now, there has been some blowback quickly especially from some republicans for example uh the north carolina senator tom tillis image on the left uh congressman richard hudson image on the right both quipped come and take it you can see tom tillis says come and take it chuck what about this denise because this came from like left field yeah. out of Chuck Schumer over the weekend. I
5: mean, look, I don't know that the federal government should ever be telling us what to do, and I think they have they were right to tell us like, you know, cigarettes kill and that's what you see on packs now, and I think that's a good way of marketing or just ensuring that the message is out there. What bothers me is that Democrats have suddenly gone after this zin thing, which I had to look up, I did not even know what it was, when well, we have already proven that menthol cigarettes are killing 45,000 specifically African-Americans, a year. We have all this proof. Why are we not focusing on the things that have been proven to kill people, kill Americans and take lives, and focusing instead on something that well, doesn't... You
1: bring, up, the me- you bring yeah. up menthol. The Trump administration would not no, touch a menthol but, ban. The Biden it. administration weakness. has been punting it.
5: Lack of and it has courage. to do,
1: in many, yeah. many yeah. reasons, with politics. It does. It has to do it it with doesn't.
4: African-American voters, making sure you're not criminalizing behavior that then will increase the likelihood lives. that African-Americans will have interactions with police. But let me say with this, dipping's gross. Don't do it. <laughs> just, it's pretty simple. P-S-A. Like it's just P-S-A. gross. P-S-A. It's not cute. Well, listen, this is supposed, this is supposed to help with it. Oh sure.
5: Oh yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So sure. A new edition. Put, put a
4: dip. Packing your lip and
1: that's oh,
5: going wow. oh, to help see if yeah, sure. yeah, it helps
3: Look, from a health perspective, the health disparities within the black community we yeah. know are pretty wide. Yeah. And I'm not in favor of smoking. I would love to see more African-Americans eat healthier, diet, and Absolutely. stop smoking. And I don't mm. think the government should control that, no. but I would certainly love to see initiatives from right. the government encouraging a more healthier lifestyle. So what
1: do you think about these Republicans saying, come and take it?
3: I'm standing with the, my yeah. Republican
2: brethren. Toxic masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> i not getting oh, me on gosh. this one, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> Julia. <laughs> You know, I, th- this is the first time I'm hearing of this story right. today in yeah. Zen, But, it, you know, to Michael's point and, you know, about, in Cheryl sure Michael's about the health, you know, how this impacts the black community. I think this is huge, and this is a story that we've actually mm-hmm. been hearing about for quite some time. Okay. So the fact that it's being elevated, okay. it's good. I
1: need yeah. you to help me on this so, one, okay? Yeah. I got you. Go? Like I'm ready for I'm ready for it. But uh, there's a lot of folks chiming in on why Ken was nominated for an Academy Award, but Barbie wasn't, including... The former first lady, former secretary of state, former senator from New York, Hillary Clinton. Now, she applauded Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig after the Barbie Oscars snub saying, quote, you're so much more than Kenneth. Uh, she Kenna. also had Kenna. What is it? Kenna. 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 Oh, yeah. Help me out here. Yeah. Yeah. So she basically. Can we show the tweet from Hillary? Hillary Clinton. She persisted because she said, "Quote: uh, While they can sting with the box uh, to, to win the box office, but not take home the gold, your millions of fans love you." There's a reference to 2016.
2: It absolutely was. But looking at this decision to, and look, Ryan Gosling was fantastic in Barbie. I think he deserves to be nominated. That song deserves to be nominated. But so did Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie, you know, particularly those two who were behind the film. And the irony of this is huge because this was the point of Barbie to right. talk about how men patriarchy, are patriarchy sexism exactly men are elevated over w- women um and this is just sort of it playing out um in real life in a way but taking a step back even further I think it's interesting to see these decisions made by the academy, made by some of these um, you know, very liberal very, very academy. Absolutely. Very liberal. It's but true. They are. I don't know these guys. Yeah. I've never met them. Well, they oftentimes look at the movies that are nominated. Yeah. yeah. They're That's not. True, Julia. The majority of yeah. people are not. Those aren't liberal
4: movies. I don't know those movies. No one knows those I've never those seen most of these movies. They're,
2: it's very elitist. I was glad Top Gun was nominated last year. Mm-hmm. I think that was a big box office hit. Oppenheimer that, right? this year. But I think in general, I don't understand sort of the logic. It's very removed yeah. from these audiences. Barbie did, NPR. Yeah. Barbie did very well. I didn't yeah.
3: watch it personally, but a lot of women I know, yeah. even conservative ones, Julia, went out to see them. I movie. loved it. Little right. girls get to see themselves reflected yeah. and in I think all, that's all races and all And types, Unless that's they're important.
5: at the Grammys, because then they don't get to show up. Right? <laughs> they don't get nominated. That's the story. Oh,
1: you <laughs> any issue with the with the tweet?
5: No. I mean, look, everyone has their positions on, like, the role that women, I mean, it's, it's indisputable that women have a long way to go to achieve equality. And I think anytime we can highlight stories like this, it makes me happy, especially when right. it's at the expense of liberals. <laughs> I
1: love it. <laughs> As <you're> liberal. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Um, a lot of fun. Thank you all. Such a yeah. big, big day. I mean, you know, think about where we started with new hampshire primary yeah, yeah. right came a long um we came a long way from that to barbie i guess Ooh, uh, um who saw that would have, who would have seen right. that kind thank you all fun sh- uh fun time having you here yeah. other side of the break uh, presidential candidate nikki haley takes the campaign home to south carolina so is it her last stand final thoughts leland vitter joins me on the other side of the break
2: Special guest, Bill O'Reilly on Cuomo. The one and only. TV's liveliest, most honest debate. If you disagree with me,
4: you're not even listening to what I'm
2: saying. Tonight at 8, 7 Central. It's good to see you, big man. Only on News Nation.
1: All right, welcome back to the Hill here on News Nation. And you are looking live right now, North Charleston, South Carolina, where in moments from now, you see the American flags, the. Uh, South Carolina flag there as well. The former ambassador, former governor from that state, Nikki Haley, will hold her first campaign rally since yesterday's New Hampshire primary. Makes sense. Happened last night. Haley is facing an uphill battle in next month's primary, to say the least. Polling shows her down, I don't know, 25 30 or so. On balance, host Leland
9: Vitter. How was New Hampshire? You know, it's interesting. A lot warmer than Iowa. When You, yeah. you know it was cold in Iowa. When, you think, when you're in New Hampshire, you go, this is balmy, this is great. Hey, look, I thought it was really interesting you guys put that live shot up back. I think we can put it back up. Yeah. You know what strikes me is mm. how much more this looks like a presidential rally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've, you've been on the trail a lot, and you sort of see these campaigns kind of go from sort of, and sort of rink-a-dink, for lack of a better yeah. term, and now all of a sudden—
1: this well, is the big league. Yeah, you're in you go you go from the diner to the the school gymnasium or right. whatever. Yeah, you're right. That looks like uh you could sort of plug in any sort of candidate, which I guess is what Nikki Haley wants, right? To yeah. to say, look, I'm on the big stage. It's it's one-on-one, but we've seen the head of the RNC come out and say we need to unify. Mm-hmm. President Biden and his campaign have said the general here we are. So what do you, what do you think she's doing here?
9: One of two th- two things happens to Nikki Haley that that she's thinking about. Uh Number one is, is that there's some interesting part of the electorate that all of a sudden comes out in states like Michigan. It's not going to happen in South Carolina, but a state like Michigan, your home, you know, where you went to school, other Mm -hmm. other states where you have. Uh, independent voters that can vote in Republican primaries, the open primaries, and they come out, and all of a sudden she wins a couple of states. Yeah. Maybe she wins Utah, where Donald Trump's not that popular. Things all of a sudden do get interesting at that point, when Donald Trump has been beaten in a certain number of states. Uh, once, once the king has been proven that he can be beaten yeah. and taken out, then that means something. Number two, look, there's no, no reason, there's nothing forcing her out. Uh, if, if something happens to Donald Trump, either legally or health-wise— She has the second most
1: number of delegates. Since you mentioned Michigan, since they won the national title, how do you think that shakes up the presidential race?
9: Oh. 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 Uh, Ron Johnson. Uh, I'm I'm trying trying to think blue, gold, okay? (laughs) Ron Johnson coming up on your show. Interestingly enough, there's a big new warning out from the United Kingdom about World War III and Russia. And the.
1: Russia, it, Russia said something to yeah, the They effect said, in they the recent said days. yeah,
9: they've said a few things. And then the United Kingdom's uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs uh, said he, that the citizen army needs to be called to be prepared for a land war in the UK. Mm. Talk to Ron Johnson a little bit about his opposition to opposing and to fighting U- Russia on Ukrainian soil. All right. Ron Johnson on balance coming up.